fuck you. That's my name. <laughs> Enough talk of lube. There's a lot less lubricants in this movie than there was in the last one, but let's... Uh, yeah, that's The true, last I Evil guess. Dead movie, not the last movie we did. Well, significantly less than the last movie we did. <laughs> hey, this is Sharks Across Hollywood, and that was a little preamble, even though I said the title of the first movie. Anyways, uh, we're going to talk about Evil Dead 2. We're going to talk about Evil Dead 2. What the fuck am I even doing? Dead by Dawn, even though it doesn't say that when you turn on the movie. Well, the the video cover says it, and the, and the, and the original promotional poster said it so i'm counting it and there's a character in the movie whose name i can't remember so i just call him the other guy when he gets possessed he says it his name's ed evil ed sure okay i was watching the uh the (laughs) behind the scenes today before i put on the movie i decided well i I had to eat some breakfast and so i was like i'll put on the i'll put on the behind the scenes feature while i'm making my breakfast and uh sure enough they said they said they referred to him as evil ed because you know he has the makeup on and that's when he's evil he's evil ed there's a movie called Evil Ed. Yes, there is a movie called Evil Ed, which I have. haven't watched it yet. This one's for Storm. Evil Dead 2. Dead the, by Dawn. The second Evil Dead movie, didn't you know? Except the first 10 minutes of the movie is like Evil Dead 1.5. Rachel was watching it with me and she's like, is this just a remake of the first movie? I'm like, well, kind of. <laughs> it, it, it's a requel before that was like a thing. They could have called it Evil Dead and been way ahead of their time. It is. The first five, ten minutes of the movie is just Ash going with Linda to the fucking cabin and rehashing the whole, Lin- basically the Linda subplot. <laughs> minus the, minus the um, minus his sister. everybody and, else. <laughs> which is funny because his sister does come back in Ash vs. Evil Dead. That's weird. Yeah. She comes back and she comes back as the sister, you know, that he, like, it, like it. Like it's the same It basically treats the original Evil Dead as canonically continuous with Ash versus Evil Dead. So, you know, the lines are pretty muddled there. That's in keeping with this movie because there's no fucking rules. Shit just <laughs> shit just happens. That's true. I almost just watched it with the commentary today because, you know, I've seen <laughs> Evil Dead 2 a hundred yeah. times. I almost watched it just with the commentary because I wanted to find out, like, I wanted to hear what they had to say about all the kind of weird moments when seemingly like the the only rule i can really latch onto is that the sun drives away the evil you know yeah sure why not but then like the evil also seems to accelerate time you know so like so like the sun sets really fast and stuff like what is do they have an explanation for that or was it just a matter of this looks awesome let's just do it it's sam raimi in the 80s so i'm imagining yeah it looks awesome let's do it is probably the <laughs> the mantra of the entire shoot do you know de Laurentiis is like i'll give you money just make a not shitty movie again i was watching the uh the supplementary materials before i started the movie apparently dino secured an international distribution deal literally before they started shooting that made the movie profitable before they ever started cameras rolling. How fucking lucky is that? Jesus. To the point at which they Rob literally came to Rob Tapert, uh, executive co-executive producer, came to the set on day two of shooting and said, "Well, we're in profit." And also, I love how we talk about these people like we know them. Well, it I feels, we don't. It feels we like clearly we do. don't know them, but they are s- such immense influences on us in as movie nerds. <laughs> yeah, that it's almost like certainly to the extent that they are pop culture care pop culture icons like yeah. we know that part of them very well uh, it's funny because like i i refer to kevin smith and jason muse as uh, jay and kevin 
all the time. They were really major influences on you. Yeah. You in particular. Like I don't do that because it what they didn't influence me to the same degree that they did you. They certainly did influence me, but you know, not quite as much as they did you. Like you're like a super fan. You've watched all the stuff. You've watched all the all the Kevin Smith uh, evening with Kevin Smith. And stuff I have like that. I have. The I have only not, one the only one I haven't seen is the one right before he had a heart attack. I haven't watched <laughs> any of those, you know. So I'm I'm not I'm not a super fan, uh, but I am a super fan of Evil Dead. I fucking love Evil Dead. I don't know what the fuck my mom was thinking. Like I got these, I rented all three of these movies in high school, which I probably told that story in the Evil Dead episode and the Army of Darkness episode. So fucking whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I uh, oh did I mention that we're doing this because there's a new Evil Dead movie coming out? I forgot. Which is very exciting. I didn't think I would ever see a new Evil Dead movie. Just Ash and Linda. This is Linda number two. If you're a big fan of the movie, you already know this, but uh, for any There's three and a half Lindas in these movies. We're not trying to be gatekeepy about this or anything like that. Like, if you're a new fan, that's awesome. I'm glad anybody's, like, picking up this movie for the first time. I think that's great, you know? You know, super fans already going to know almost everything that we have to say here, but, but if you're a new fan, the reason that they recap... The original Evil Dead basically during the first 10 minutes of this movie is because they couldn't get the rights to the footage from the original Evil Dead because it was owned by a different production company entirely and they would not give up the rights for them to use as like the opening for Evil Dead 2. So they they decided, fuck it, we're just going to remake it. <laughs> Which seems kind of dumb on their part, the people who own the first movie, because... Yeah, you would think, right? You have you have a you have a, a well-known producer, you have the movie itself that they made by themselves that did pretty well, so presumably this one can only do better, right? Yeah, and, well, I think the thing is, is that video stores were such a new thing still at that point that they, they didn't have the established knowledge that when you make a sequel to a movie, it drives up video sales of the original. That's probably true. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm, I'm a 90s kid thinking about that kind of shit. And yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, like it's possible that the that the people who own the rights to the first one just didn't realize that a sequel would only get them more profit and now yeah i'm from i'm from the the 90s era where every shitty action movie from the 80s got like 12 sequels in the 90s <laughs> yeah boy <laughs> then by the 90s as soon as soon as they really did figure that out they started milking it to fucking death in the 90s yeah there are there's eight kickboxer movies now i think no seven Seven. There's seven kickboxer Jesus movies Christ. the first five are all in the same continuity too how many were directed by albert pune just well, two just two two of them uh, so number, two number, and three two and four two and four yeah Oh, okay. I feel like we've discussed that before. I don't know how I forgot that. I love that we've never talked about, we've never done Kickboxer, but I bring it up all the time. <laughs> we talk about it a lot for having never covered it. Yeah, I know. It's fucking weird. Do we need to recap this this bit? Because, you know, Linda dies. He cuts off her head. Oh, it all happens really quick, though. Yeah, like, it is. Boy, it is It is like one, two, three, the f- and then we're <laughs> yeah. at the end of Evil Dead 1. The first movie is kind of a slow burn. This one, like, they're at the cabin. He hugs her. She says, ow, because her necklace is on her for some reason. I, I thought that was, like, really weird. That makes no goddamn sense. It, it was just a device. Like, her saying ow was just a device for them to show that she has the little monocle necklace from the first movie. He couldn't have just given it to her after like playing piano, which apparently Ash plays piano now. That was a new twist. I I didn't see that coming. I would have thought if anybody, Linda would be the piano player. I think they put it in there to make him losing his right hand even more tragic <laughs> for the character. Even though it's more funny than anything else. Uh, <laughs> Apparently, they're at the cabin without anybody knowing because they're like, are you sure the owners aren't going to come back? He's like, no, probably not. And if they do, we'll just say we broke down. 
Like that's got to be a throwback to them shooting the original dead in a cabin that they had no fucking idea who owned it. Oh yeah, the original cabin burnt down or some shit. Yeah, so it's not out there, people. So they're shooting this in the in a school gym. Yeah, in uh, in Tennessee in the dead of summer. Ew, Tennessee fucking sucks. So, so. it was apparently <laughs> very hot. Also, when they built the cabin set, it was it had two stories to it, and they were shooting on the upper story because mm-hmm. they needed the the lower story for all of the effects, the hand stuff, stuff yeah. yeah, hands popping up, particularly the hand, up, all yeah. that stuff. So it would have been even hotter on the set that it would have been if it were just in a cabin. Oh, God. Yep. And the amount of punishment, like Sam is really giving it to Bruce in this one. He's really giving it to Ivan, too. <laughs> did you watch the... Did yeah, you? I have. I haven't, didn't watch it this time, but I have seen it. And <laughs> wow, we'll get to him in a minute. All right. So Ash goes to get some champagne and finds, finds the recorder. We got to have this... Again, this is all like within three, four minutes of the movie starting. They, I think it might be... 10 total by the Maybe. time they get to the end. You know, they get there, they hug, they ouch, necklace, recorder. Hey, play it, see what's on it. And then, of course, Nobi's voice is being all creepy. And and this is where they give Professor Nobi his name. He identifies oh, himself yeah. as Professor right. Nobi. He didn't have a name in the first one, did he? Yeah. And, you know, he starts reading the fucking stuff from the book. Did you notice? At the beginning of the movie, they do this little narrative, mm-hmm. uh, which is the same narrative, I think, that they pulled the beginning footage in Army of Darkness from. Yes. Uh, Which is what I always wondered why it looked so weird compared to Army of Darkness. Yeah. Yeah. So they do this little narration thing where they explain the origin of the Necronomicon. They call it Necronomicon Ex Mortis, right? The Book of the Dead. Book of the Dead. But when Professor Nobi mentions it in the recording, he calls it Naturum de Monto, which is the name from the original movie. They didn't call it the Necronomicon in the first Evil Dead, and he doesn't call it the Necronomicon on the recording. And his daughter and Ed never call it the Necronomicon. They just call it the Book of the Dead. But when he says the name, he says Naturum de Manto, which is the original name of the book from the original movie. But because they call it Necronomicon in the opening narration, it became known as the Necronomicon. Yeah. So that decision apparently was made after they had already shot the movie to change it to the Necronomicon. So like oh. at some point between them sh- shooting and recording Professor Nobi's audio and doing the opening narration thing, a decision was made to make it the Necronomicon. Maybe Lovecraft was making a comeback and Dino's like, let's throw that in there. I think, <laughs> do you know what, what year the movie Necronomicon came out in? Because there was a movie called Necronomicon. Oh, you know what part of it might be? From Beyond had come out before this. And From Beyond was a Lovecraft movie and also Reanimator. I don't know if Reanimator came out before or after this. But Reanimator was also a Lovecraft movie. So Stuart Gordon was making these really cool Lovecraft movies. So maybe they were trying to um, capitalize on that. Because also all the guys who did the effects on this came from the crew who did the special effects for From Beyond. And the special effects in From Beyond are great. Linda gets taken, I guess. We hear the window fucking break when Ash is listening to the fucking recorder. Demon book and dead book guys and stuff. Well, we also, you know, we we get that great POV of the evil. Of the evil, the force. The force, yeah. The, the force. The force. Which apparently, based on what we see in this movie in, over the next uh, yep. uh, 10 or 15 minutes, has a physical presence. Yep, because it sure does. I was going to bring that up too. Ash can see it. So I, I'm very curious what, in Sam's mind, the evil, like, or if he's ever thought about oh, it. Oh, uh, well, I, I have an idea about that also later. So we'll uh, 
we'll, 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 okay. ta- we'll tackle it when we get there. All right. Uh, I'm so curious. Ash goes into the other room because he heard the glass break, and he's like, oh, my God, Linda, and she's gone and shit. Ash goes outside to find her, and he does. And, of course, she's immediately just possessed and weird, and he has to fight her, and he, he falls down. She flies at him. He grabs a shovel, knocks her fucking head off. Great effect. I love it to death. Then he buries her, fucking puts the cross there, lightning, all the good stuff. It's a great little montage. Like, that. that's, that's some peak Sam Raimi style editing. I don't know who the editor was, whether it was Sam or I'm sure it was someone else, but the style of editing Sam likes, you know, like that was vintage. Sam Raimi. The force comes after Ash and like flips him around. Oh yeah, like it does the thing like from the end of the first movie. It breaks through all the cabin, all the doors in the cabin and finds him and gets him and he's like ah! and then it like grabs him and then it spins him around and flips him over and then eventually tosses him into a tree and he falls face first into a puddle and then we give it a couple seconds. He fucking, the water in the puddle starts bubbling and he fucking jumps up and he's a fucking deadite. He's, which gets named at the end, not quite yet, but we call them deadites anyways because that's what they are. Which is a very cool effect. I love the <laughs> makeup on those, evil ash those is, fucking looks contacts really look horrifying i yes, hate they those do. things and, and apparently all the actors who wore them were completely blind that, while they were wearing them yeah which explains he why he's at why they're all acting so weird too because they can't see shit yeah so i i guess they would have to rehearse the scene with the contacts out like multiple times until they were like all right we've got it it's down and then they would put the contacts in do the scene and do it blind but they look great that that's one thing that everybody who was involved in this movie said well everybody who who was an actor in this movie anyway said is like it was suffering but you know like they were all young you know they're all in their 20s and stuff and you know you just kind of like you're okay with it at that age you but know? the usual especially his brother and his best friend yeah especially <laughs> them some somehow somehow the closer you are to sam raimi the more he is going to make you utterly miserable ash ends up yeah like you said turning back into regular ash because he has the epiphany he's like the sun drove it away I'm yeah like okay how do you know that you're just saying shit now like like everything he comes up with he literally just He's just taking wild shots in the fucking dark. Yeah. Like, there's no basis for shit. Like his whole thing about later on in the movie where he's like, it sounds like maybe something's trying to tear through from another dimension. Who would guess that? Did he say that or did she? Yeah, no, no, he no, said, he said it. it. Yeah. He said it. I love that he just pulls that out of his ass. And then it turns out to be 100% accurate. <laughs> and the house talks this time. The it house has, does talk. It has a face and it looks right at us and says, join us. Well, in fairness, like they only accentuated the face that was already there. I mean, the ha- house does kind of have a face, but it then they, they add this little animation over it. <laughs> It's like, okay, guys, I mean, did, was that really necessary? I mean, it's a little on the nose. Oh, yeah, just a little bit. But whatever, whatever. It works. Ash is fucking out of here. He gets in his car. He's like... He uh, thinks he's out of here. Well, yeah, he gets in Sam's car, actually. He tries to get away because the fucking, you know, the force is coming after him. Oh, it's not even coming after him yet. He tries to drive away, but there's the bridge that's shaped like a fucking hand. Yeah. Not letting Honestly, go. this one doesn't look quite as good as the Evil Dead 1 version. It's much clearer. You get a clearer shot of it, but the clearer shot makes it look a little jankier i think the uh the low light high grain version from evil dead one actually looks better now and it's probably because we couldn't see it as well yeah yeah i think i think our imaginations filled in the gaps better yeah. on that one and then you know so higher budget isn't always the best choice it's not but I'm glad he got a big budget for this one, a bigger budget. I am for almost everything else. It's just that one particular thing. And then when they show it later on, on the other side, it's even jankier because, because <laughs> it's like, it's like a, a, a cardboard matte painting or something like that. Yeah. And it yeah. looks 
exactly like a matte painting. So then the sun like gets swallowed by the clouds and then the force shows up and then chases Ash and Ash drives. He drives kind of backwards for like a second somewhere. He turns himself around. I don't fucking know. But <laughs> the editing on know. that is a little weird. They they go they let the force get a little too close before doing the reverse cut and then cutting back. And so then the uh, force is further away than it was when they cut. What stops him in the car? Oh, he crashes into a stump. Oh, does he? Okay, I didn't see that. I, I think the idea is that because they say later on, you know, that the path we came in on is gone. I think the idea is that the forest is closing in around him as the evil takes over, you know? And so what used to be a road is now wildlife. And so suddenly there's a stump in his path and he crashes into that, goes straight through the windshield slams into a tree but he's okay he's somehow lives <laughs> he's yeah. fine he gets up he runs back into the cabin but the force like breaks through the wind the the, the front door it oh, oh breaks no through, oh, that, breaks yeah. through the windows in the car yeah and it then... breaks through the rear windshield and then uh goes in a great shot it's a continuous shot along the road up over the trunk through the rear windshield which shatters as it goes through it and through the car out the front, it's a great shot. Yeah, and it looks like he just kind of, he just outsmarts it. He just gets into the cabin, and then it, like, retreats back into the woods. The no, 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 no. He gets in the cabin. It chases him into the cabin. Chases him oh, through, no, all through the, the cabin. cabin. Nope, I, I missed my own note. Yeah, I wrote and it down. Then, <laughs> and then he outsmarts it by going through a doorway well enough ahead of it that by the time it gets there, he's disappeared. Yeah, so it's got to have some kind of physical thing. Yeah. But Sam Raimi will never tell us. No, I don't think he should. I'm not saying I think he should. Unless I, unless it's in here, and again, I'll get to it later. But. Okay, all right. Yeah, then it retreats. Oh yeah, he hid in the cellar. He got he got his he got his ass into the cellar. That's, <laughs> I'm like, all right, we'll find out later that that wasn't the best idea. Well, it worked out well for him that time. It's just <laughs> yeah. he got lucky though that uh, the evil hadn't because the evil has a very specific sense of timing. In that when he went into the cellar that first time, because the tape hadn't played announcing that Professor Noby had buried his dead wife in the cellar, the evil is kind of a sarcastic it's, dick. Yeah, I've always noticed. I've always <laughs> noticed that. So every time they do something, Rachel's like, "Why?" I'm like. Because they're assholes. Yeah, the evil is fucking evil. It has a motivation. It's a conscious evil. It's just gaslighting the shit out of you until your soul's weak enough for them to eat it. I, I mean, it gets off. That's that's very clear even in the first movie that the yeah. evil gets <laughs> off on tor- psychologically tormenting its victims. I mean, really, there's probably a lot, a lot of subtext here that a smarter person than me could extract regarding, you know, mental illness and and mental abuse, things of that nature. I guarantee you Sam wasn't thinking that deep about it. I know that Sam wasn't thinking that deep about it. There's no way in hell, but that doesn't mean that the stuff isn't there for somebody who's smart enough to pick up on it because subtext isn't always intentional. I was going to say, does it count if they don't mean to do it? I think it absolutely does. I think you have to recognize that they probably didn't do that intentionally, but that doesn't mean that the meaning isn't there because meaning is derived by the viewer, not the filmmaker. That's my personal opinion. I don't believe that the filmmaker's opinion on the meaning of the movie matters. I think only the viewer's matters. I think the filmmaker's intent matters to the point that the movie gets made. Once the movie's made and released into the world, the filmmaker needs to stop getting the credit because the meaning a movie has is what the meaning we extract for ourselves not the meaning that the filmmaker put into it. If the filmmaker's meaning and our meaning overlap, that's great. But ultimately, the person whose opinion on the movie matters most is the viewer. I think we've had this conversation before, and I, I halfway agree with you, but I'm also a fucking asshole, and I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean by stuff? Did you do this on purpose? Well, I always, not everybody's going to agree with me on that. Yeah. I understand it. 
You know, you're not obligated to agree with me, obviously, but uh, that's my personal opinion and that's my takeaway. So like when I watch a movie, I really don't care what the filmmaker's intention were until I form my own opinion and then I'm curious about the filmmaker's intention. My opinion is that I want to know what the fuck they were thinking. Yeah, but I don't want to know that <laughs> until I formed my own opinion. I'm kind of a dick that way, though. I'm kind of a dick in my own way, you know, because I like I esteem my opinion over the filmmaker's opinion. Those fucking pesky filmmakers with their millions of dollars and their... I mean, I think it's great <laughs> that they had their opinion because it got the film made. But like, I, I really th- and, I, and I think that about the work that I've done as well, because I have published one story, you know, and I really don't think that my opinions about that story matter as much as the opinions of the person who's listening to that story because it was an audio so i don't say reading you know because there's actually not a print version available so shall we talk about annie for three seconds while she's on screen here because we we it, when nobody's talking on the recorder he talks about his daughter and her f- and, and the other scientist guy ed and his wife and how they all went to this place to get this book and fucking the castle of kandar the castle of Kan is it kandar or kandar it's Kandar. But yeah, so Annie is getting off a plane, and her boyfriend, Ed, which I guess we know it's her boyfriend. I don't know. Is she, he her boyfriend? I don't know. They seem Maybe he's of, her fiance. I can't maybe. remember what Nobi says in the tape. I think he just says, like, another brilliant young scientist or some shit like that. But he goes, how'd the expedition go? And she's like, I found the pages to the Book of the Dead. I'm like, wow, that's very on the nose. Subtlety wasn't Raimi's strength <laughs> at this point. The idea is that they're going to go to the cabin where she believes her parents still are to start translating the pages now because her dad might have discovered a gateway to another dimension. Look at that. Yeah, I mean, as far as she knows, her parents are at the cabin yep. because that was the last place she heard of him. But Ed says that he hasn't been able to get in touch with Professor Nobel because there's no phone at the cabin. As far as both of them know, Professor Noby and his wife are still there. Now we got to cut back to Ash, who is, he, he's got to he's slowly, he's got to do the horror movie thing, slowly wander through the cabin, find out why there's a piano playing by itself. Yeah, this is the descent into madness phase, which Bruce Campbell does really, really well. That opening with... That opening with Linda, romantic Bruce Campbell was still a struggle. It's not like, great. He, he it's was, always weird. He was reaching <laughs> for that. One. He's gotten he's gotten way better. I mean, he he's as an actor done nothing but improve. He's he's just gotten better and better and better as the years go by. To the point where now he's like this great character actor who you could bring in, and and he's you know he brings the Bruce Campbell character actor vibe if you watch burn notice he's really good in that but at the time yeah he he wasn't he wasn't great at the at the romantic stuff and so that whole sequence with linda is very cheesy and yeah i was really really thinking back to what you were saying about how sam raimi doesn't know how to do relationships yet and this is a perfect example because most of this movie is amazing like it is just (laughs) amazing but that one particular part of it where Bruce or where Ash and Linda are flirting with each other is so lame. Like it's really fucking bad. It's pretty rough. But this is where Bruce starts <laughs> to get good. It is is his descent into madness phase. Uh yeah. Yeah, so he he's doing that he uh, he's he sees the piano, he pulls the necklace out of his pocket. He obviously he cut off her head, so I'm sure the necklace probably fell off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nothing to, <laughs> nothing to cling to. And he has he has a bit of a moment there. Some like wood 
falls off a window and kind of draws his attention to it. It just see again, shit just happens for no fucking reason. Oh no, like he had boarded up the front windows, you know, because the evil was outside. Oh, he? Okay. So he boarded up all the windows. Not well, and obviously. <laughs> the one window, yeah, it's the jankiest boarding up job you've ever seen. It's not going to keep anything out. But then if you look at the doors as they're constructed in this movie, they look like they're designed to break away because they are. So like half the boards on that front window just suddenly drop to the ground yeah and then it draws his attention to the window and of course you know outside he sees linda she had popped her hand up out of the out of the dirt oh the cross falls over too in in like mm-hmm. cartoony fashion just goes he looks out the window and it goes Bloop. oh yeah this is some <laughs> edgar Allan poe shit right here <laughs> and then you know she pops up and she starts dancing uh stop motion animation which is cool she doesn't have a head so that's kind of fun. Uh, <laughs> the proportions on the body are pretty it, wonky. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, eventually, her head kind of rolls to her, like yeah. that reverse photography. It just it's roll it rolls back onto her head, on her onto her shoulders and shit. It's weird and it's fun. And then she disappears, and then jump scares her way back into frame, like right in right in Ash's face. So she slams his face into the fucking window frame a few times, and then her head falls off. It just falls oh, off as a, far as I know. It, it's a pretty gnarly looking. Like, it, it, it looks pretty gross. And then apparently he's unconscious for a little while because he comes to in a chair. No, what? he wakes up and it was all a dream. It was all a dream? Yeah, he looks at the window. All the boards are back up. It was a dream. But then his Linda's is, head drops yeah. into his lap. And his ass is stuck to the chair. <laughs> but yeah, Linda... Linda no, his Linda. ass isn't stuck to the chair. He's he's like screaming, and but trying to stay in the chair. Well, no, because he does the thing, right? When, he, when he's, he's got his hands on the, on the chair and then he goes like... Eh. He pulls. No, he's not pulling. He's not trying to pull himself up. He's like, he's like gripping the arms of the chair and like shuddering from terror. It really looks like his ass is stuck. His to the ass chair. is not supposed to be stuck to the chair. That's, it, that's not what's being. It looks do. exactly like his I'm, ass is stuck to the chair. I'm convinced that you're wrong on this. <laughs> I am. I do not believe his ass is stuck to the chair. I believe he's locked into the chair with terror. I agree. The terror is gripping his ass on the chair. But that it's he, not his ass. His ass is not stuck. <laughs> he cuts loose and it and it like hurts his butthole. And he's like, ah! <laughs> like guts. He stands up and his asshole just pulls out of his body. Oh, that'd be fucking awesome. <laughs> That's trauma shit right there. Though. That, yeah. Seriously. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so then her head falls onto his lap and bites his hand. Oh, God. She's hanging in. She's hanging in there. He's, like, slamming her all over the place and fucking punching her fucking and dropping books on her face and stuff. <laughs> there are some really good edits in this because, I mean, the effect of her head in his lap is really good because, you know, it's actually her and it's actually his lap. So the, the way they did that effect looks fantastic. And then when he's whipping her around, they do like two or three key cuts to a close up on her actual face, biting his hand <laughs> while zipping through the air, you know, like it's very clearly moving very quickly through the room. And those like two or three cuts serve to make him whipping around this fake head on his hand plausible you know like like it it creates the illusion really really well it's a great effect until he finally says work shed which is apparently (laughs) a thing because they distorted his voice or did something to it in some way that that line is apparently real special to a lot of people when i looked at the on the trivia it said that when he did his cameo in uh, escape from la the first thing that kurt russell ever said to him was say work shed (laughs) Really? I guess so. That's a very specific thing to be super 
crazy about. But, I'll do pretty much whatever right. Kurt Russell tells me to. So oh, absolutely, yeah. If Kurt Russell tells me to do something, I'm probably doing it. It's gonna he, it's gonna have to be real transgressive for me yeah. to say no. Say work shed, yes, daddy. So yeah, he does. He goes he goes to the work shed. He puts her head in a vice, and she's t- she's busy talking shit as they do. Oh yeah, deadites deadites <laughs> love to talk shit. And he goes for the chainsaw, and it's not there, but it's outlined like a dead body. So okay. <laughs> I love the I, I have to do that when I when I finally <laughs> get my shed That's to the awesome. point where it's it's like everything's where I want it. I, I, I'm first I'm I'm gonna have to get a chainsaw because everybody every man should own a chainsaw, I believe that. Every man needs a chainsaw. <laughs> Just Okay, you know what? I don't want to be gatekeepy. Anybody who identifies as a man should have a chainsaw. Just in case we lose our hand to a demon and we need to fucking replace it with a chainsaw. You never know, right? You, you know never what? know. In the remake, the chick gets the chainsaw hand. Yeah. Hey, that's okay. That's okay. She can be the man. I don't have a problem with that. It shows up in, like, now, because her body comes busting through the door with the fucking chainsaw. <laughs> Luckily for him, he has a crowbar. Yeah. Her body, I guess, tries to chop him in half with the chainsaw. He fucking deflects it with the crowbar. It Ba-ching. whips it back and, like, cuts her body in half. It's fucking, it's brutal. Blood everywhere. It's fantastic. It's, this whole sequence is so ridiculously awesome he ends up with the chainsaw how does he end up with the chainsaw does he like steal it out of her dead body he wrestles her to he wrestles her dead body to the <laughs> ground and then takes the chainsaw out. oh no he rips the fucking arm off the thing <laughs> and then and then pulls the arm off the chainsaw throws it aside and then gets up yeah but he he fights it to the ground we only get a silhouette of this but he saws her fucking head in half also yes yeah, then, that yeah. had to be hard because, again, the Deadites are in full manipulation mode and, and she appears to him as, as a real Linda. But just like Linda's head, even I would be, I'm pretty gullible sometimes, and even I'd be like, the fuck? Get the, get the fuck out of here, stupid <laughs> demon bitch. Well, the key to it is, the key with the Deadites, and this is the reason, again, we go back to what I said in the Evil Dead episode, where I said, I think when he allowed Linda to come, when they allowed Linda to come back as herself, she really was herself. But when they allowed his sister to come back, I don't think it was her because when they allow someone to come back, I think they're actually a deadite when they begin to plead with the person to let them survive and not, you know, like let them go or something like that. If they have them trapped or whatever, the deadites come back as the person and then plead with them to let him go. But when Linda came back, and that's what's extra scary about when she came back, she wasn't begging him to do something. She was telling him, please don't let them take me back. It was horrible. She wasn't pleading with him to let her go or let her do something. She was pleading with him to not let them take her again. And Linda, in this movie, when her head comes back, she doesn't do that. She's just begging him not to kill her, which is manipulation, which is deadite manipulation. The Linda (laughs) return in Evil Dead 1 is fucking terrifying because it implies that they really do take the souls of the people who they possess and torment them. So he goes back to the cabin after after he's done with that. He's he's, uh, just murdered his girlfriend. Yeah, he comes out of that shed a broken (laughs) man, let me tell you. He is, he's, he's not mentally well. He uh, trades. again. We're on. We're on Ash's decline into psychosis. He trades the chainsaw for a shotgun. Where double barrel. Yeah, we're getting. We're getting iconic Ash here. Oh yeah. Big time. He's not quite there yet. That comes in about like thirty minutes, I think, or yep. twenty minutes. And he loads the thing. And then the, he sees this chair moving all by himself, and then he like looks over and he grabs a handful of the fucking shells and throws them in his pocket. <laughs> like, yeah, fair enough. After loading the gun, by the way, after so the loading gun is the gun loaded already. and he's got backups. So he goes over to the chair and he reaches in like 
He sees it rocking by itself and he <laughs> he reaches in. There's nothing there, obviously. It like stops when he tries to like touch it too. And then he, I always feel like he's going to like scream, but he doesn't. He just like, he just goes, ah, and then drops the gun and then just kind of, <sighs> and he, he's, his, he's fucking deflated at that point. And then he, he goes to the mirror and he's like, he's looking in the mirror. He just goes, I'm fine. And then his reflection starts talking to him. He's like, we're not fine. We just cut up our girlfriend with a chainsaw. No, the reflection doesn't just start talking. The reflection start the reflection oh, like, jumps, re- out, jumps out out of grabs him. him by the neck and is like i don't think we're fine that's good we just cut up our girlfriend and, it, and the reflection ash is not the regular ash you can tell it's a little twisted and distorted and evil so again it's not really explained like in army of darkness where those little evil ashes come from i'm assuming that it's like leftovers from him being possessed here i wonder if it's supposed to represent the fragmentation of his mind because that's what i think is going on I think the evil ash, the reflected evil ash is supposed to represent the fragmentation of Ash's mind because that's what's happening. He's clearly going through a mental break as evidenced in the very next sequence. You mean when the reflection is choking him and then it turns out that he's choking himself? Exactly. (laughs) And then the hand comes to life. At this point, he's turning on himself, both metaphorically and literally. His mind is turning on itself and his body is turning on itself. Yeah, it gets it gets pretty wild pretty quick. This is where Ash is Bruce Campbell rather fuck who fuck Ash is showing off a lot of his physical acting skills. Oh, this honestly the the sequence with it's the awesome. hand is some of the best slapstick. Like literally, Buster Keaton would be proud of this stuff. Like th- th- this is some all time great slapstick. Yeah, dude, he's breaking plates over his head and shit. Oh, and. And he sells that the hand is a completely separate consciousness. He really fucking sells it. You watch it. Watch the physicality that goes on during this sequence. It's amazing. And he flips himself over and shit. Like Bruce Campbell legitimately might be the best slapstick actor of my lifetime. I appreciate that even though he knows his friend is kind of a sadistic asshole about stuff that he's legitimately <laughs> doing this stuff to himself. He's really swinging those plates and breaking them and I don't Oh yeah. He barely closes his eyes. Oh, I mean he he is so committed to this sequence. There is not an ounce of hesitation. At no point do I believe that it's an act. Like he completely commits. No, and apparently Sam completely. Apparently, was all improvised or some shit too, and he was just doing stuff. It's so fucking good. (laughs) It's so good. His physical, like the entire rest of his body, is being played by a different person. Like that, that hand has a personality entirely its own at the same time as his body is playing 180 degrees different. Yeah, you know what it reminds me of? That episode of Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad where her hand is alive. Fuck you. <laughs> wow. Fuck you. Yeah, I knew I knew, I knew <laughs> that would be the reaction. That is almost infuriating. <laughs> it might be done better there, actually. Oh, 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 you can fuck right off. The blockbuster girl is great. Okay. Hey, I love the blockbuster girl. Okay, you're not gonna I'm not gonna talk shit about her, but do not be comparing her to Bruce Campbell. We're going to cut back to Annie and uh, Ed. I kept calling him the other guy in my notes because he was so uninteresting that I forgot his fucking name. Personality-wise, he's pretty forgettable. Yeah. But he does do... The thing he does great is when he goes evil. First off, the makeup that they do on him is like next level. But he's not evil yet. But therefore, he is wholly forgettable. <laughs> the makeup, it turns out, is based on his actual expression. He did this expression in his audition for when he turned evil and the makeup guys were like that's fantastic we're gonna base the entire makeup off of what you did because i I guess he can get his eyebrows to go like really 
Nicholson-y, you know? <laughs> That's weird. So they're trying to get to the cabin, but Cousin Fucker, because I didn't know his name until like halfway through the movie also. <laughs> his name is Jake, by the way. Who, incidentally, accord- I, I didn't realize this, but according to Bruce, they got along so well, uh, him and Sam and, and that guy, got along so well, and, and Sam loved his performance so much that he's been in everything Sam's done since. Probably small roles. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, because I, I don't really recognize him at all. Apparently, Sam keeps casting. He doesn't look anything like that. Like in his normal, he he just looks like a normal dude. <laughs> but apparently, when he when he came in for the audition, he, before he left his house, he went and got grease off the engine of his car and <laughs> styled his hair with it. What the fuck? Commitment, man. Damn. And then he came in for the audition, and Sam Raimi said, what did he say? He said, finally, an actor without ego. And he j- he just loved that the guy went, like, fully grubby for the thing. And he even, he said, they were like, hey, we love your look, you know, we, we love this whole thing you're doing. And he said, hey, uh, would you like to see it without the teeth? And he, they go, what? And he reaches up into his mouth and pops out his bridge, and, like, three of his teeth come out. <laughs> and they're like... That's perfect. You've got the job, like, on the spot. fucked up. Oh, man. Some commitment. He probably had his fucking dad punch him out before the audition, too. So he's just kind of leaning there, like a little weirdo. And they're like, where where are you trying to get to the... Well, no, he's setting up a barrier. He's setting up a barrier. Oh, yeah, he's setting up the barrier, but... He's still being a little weirdo. He 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 is he is a weird guy. This character is. I wouldn't want to meet him on a lonely road by a broken down bridge. Maybe his girlfriend though. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Although I will say she's very pretty, but she's a little intimidating too. I just I don't I don't I don't like hillbillies. She's a little scary. They probably are cousins, and that's just (laughs) yeah. (laughs) He's putting up the barrier, right? You're right. Woods of Tennessee. (laughs) Who knows? Are they in Michigan technically? No, um, well, I mean, I, in, the in, story yeah. maybe is probably set in Michigan, but they actually did shoot it in Tennessee. I know, but the movie doesn't take place. In yeah, Tennessee. no, I guess you're right. I guess you're right because um, movies are not real. Yeah, because in the sequels and in like Fistful of Boomstick, it is supposed to be Michigan. Wrestling is real. That's true. Wrestling are is one hundred percent real. I wrote down he's shining some light on the situation, which isn't true at all. He's just like, yeah, I can't go this way. The bridge is fucking broken. Well, no, then he pops the the headlights on on his truck. And illuminates the matte painting of the. Oh my buster. fucking god! That's why I wrote that yeah, down. That's why Shine some that light down. on the situation. You want to do a take two? Har har har! <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll let everybody know how stupid I am for trying to make a joke that I that I thought I'd remember that I made, <laughs> but I don't. I'm so stupid. I had a long day yesterday. All That's right? true. You're you're still recovering from a, a very intense experience. Because that yesterday morning, I watched this movie and I took notes. And that night, well, that evening at four o'clock, I had to be at a fucking venue for sound check, and we didn't leave until after eleven. So yep, I was there for a while. It was a long show. Good show. Annie and Bobby Joe don't get along. Let's let's just say no. that right now. No, immediately. Annie's this sweet, straight laced, smart girl. Bobby Joe is this hillbilly cousin. Fucking rednecky spitting chick i mean you can spit if you want i guess but gross and she can't spit she spits and then she's like she like gets stuck on her face (laughs) it's gross and i'm like she's hot until she does that holly hunter apparently was the original choice for that role but they the studio holly hunter would have been great The studio said she wasn't sexy enough oh she would have been so fucking good for that yeah that's right and uh uh Raimi was really good friends with the Cone brothers, too, and Holly Hunter had just done Raising Arizona. Holly Hunter would have been fantastic in that role. And don't get me wrong, I love the lady who does Bobby Joe. I think she's 
I think she's really good. She's, yeah, she's, but oh, Holly yeah. Hunter would have. God, that would have been even better. Annie and Ed are trying to convince them, like, hey, we, we can can you can you like maybe uh, show us? Like, is there another trail or something? He's like, yeah, 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 there is, but it'll cost you. And they're like, how much? And he's like, forty five. Bobby Joe elbows him. He's like, a hundred bucks. <laughs> he is controlled by his cousin wife. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, he's batting so far outside of his Holy uh, shit. league that it doesn't surprise me. That's okay. She doesn't know any better. <laughs> and he agrees, but only if Jake carries her bags. And he looks in the backseat of the car and he sees a bag and like the, the pages. And he's like, yeah, yeah he cool. sees like her purse and, and the little framed uh, Necronomicon pages. And, and we're going to, we're setting up a joke for later. <laughs> now it's back to Ash fighting his hands. And this is where all the plates and the flips and shit happen. Yeah. He ends up unconscious for like a fraction of a second. And the, and the hand I wrote down sees question mark, the, the cleaver on the ground. Oh God, this, this, <sighs> how does he do this? What is he doing to like I mean, drag himself across the floor? Are they, I, somebody I imagine is somebody down by to, his yeah. legs pushing him, but the timing on it is so good. And he's so committed to, his body being unconscious, but his hand being like fully active and his hand, like you can see the muscles flexing and moving and like, like it's really pulling him along and the whole rest of his body is just completely loose. Like he's, it's so good. And yeah, like, like, and then the the thing like grips into the floor and then pulls him like (laughs) three inches at a time forwards. It's, it's such a good effect. Seriously, it might be the best part of the whole movie. And that's saying something because there are some truly great moments in this movie. Uh, my favorite shot will come up in a minute. I'll, I'll, I'll point it out because it's really fun. I am curious to know what your favorite is. I think it's my favorite shot. I don't know. I just like the gag. Eventually, you know, we're, we're really close to the, we're really close to the cleaver. And then all of a sudden, Ash wakes up, stabs his own fucking hand and it squeals, well, which it, is it, weird. Now it's. It's better timed than that in that oh, we yeah. don't see Ash wake up. All we see is, is the, the hand almost reaching the cleaver and then the butcher knife coming down and slamming through it. It's a really good effect. It's it just starts spraying blood and everything. It's a it's a great effect. And then Ash talks shit to his own hand. He's like, I got you, you little fuck piece of shit, whatever. His hand is like needled or whatever, like speared to the fucking ground by the knife. And then he grabs the chainsaw and saws his hand off which it's off screen but his face tells that whole fucking story it's beautiful and the blood spray (laughs) in particular is so perfect because it spatters in that way that you could completely imagine a chainsaw spattering blood i mean honestly he did have the saw going off screen so i'm wondering if what they did is just spray the blood onto the chainsaw blade and have it flick the blood up onto his face because it's perfect let's put the cap on the joke here and he has more than two bags she has a giant ass trunk <laughs> that trunk is big enough to stash a body in that he is just carrying on his back now jake is it's big enough to stash jake in yeah and his and his fucking cousin wife well at least part two of, legs part of her. <laughs> that that's a quick little joke and then asha traps his hand in a bucket covers it with a bunch of shit the topper farewell to arms <laughs> tee hee the, he, he puts a stack of books, the top one being a farewell to arms. And then there's a joke about it in Fistful of Boomstick when he's like beating, beating up some deadites. He's like, ever read Farewell to Arms? Well, I wrote it because they're, you know, their body parts are all flying all over the place. Okay. That's pretty good. This might be one of the worst effects in the entire fucking movie or that I've ever seen because he's wrapping up his stump. It's not a stump. His hand is right there. You can see the fist. <laughs> That's one of those things. Even even in high school, I'm like, um, so, 
are we unless unless he just has like these one arm is just a giant monkey arm <laughs> but the yeah. funny thing is they actually put a lot of work into that again you know during the interviews bruce talks about how when they made that they they had to brace along his wrist so they so they like because they didn't want it to you know wobble when he was wrapping it up at all they didn't want any motion on it it needed to look like it had been cut off at the wrist so there would be no flexibility so they took like a metal plate duct taped his entire fist and wrist to it so it couldn't move at all so when he does that taping around like they put a lot of effort into making sure it couldn't move and you're right it still totally <laughs> it just, just looks, looks like so shitty it just looks like he balled up his hand and then pulled his sleeve over it it is begging for that chainsaw <laughs> or that metal glove from army of darkness Something. yeah yeah then the hand eventually escapes and then it makes its way into the wall ash has the shotgun i don't know how he's not like screaming in pain right now he just cut his fucking hand off but whatever we're we're firmly entrenched in fantasy land at this point i think they cut the scene where he cauterized it because i think there was a scene where he um he he gets the shovel from the fireplace heats it in the fire and then sears the stump what that that would have been a cool effect why did we not get that i don't know but there actually is a a a production still that they use in the making of that shows him with the bloody stump putting the heated fireplace shovel right up to it like he's just about to press them to each other i don't know why they didn't use that that would have been a great effect maybe they thought that shot made the rest of the effect look too shitty (laughs) maybe i don't know so Ash keeps on keeps on missing. He's fucking shooting this thing in the walls and you can hear it like <laughs> running through the walls and shit. It's like a fucking it's like Tom and Jerry. One of the things that the uh the co-writer Scott Spiegel who co-wrote the script with Sam said is that when Sam came to him because initially Scott was hired to write Evil Dead 2 like the whole thing. And I guess the version he wrote was nothing like what it ended up becoming. But when Sam hired him to write it, he said because Scott had done a short film called Attack of the Helping Hand, <laughs> which was the uh, the hamburger helper hand, you know, the the mascot for hamburger helper, like going fucking crazy and <laughs> killing this woman in her kitchen or something like that. That's they awesome. show a few little clips from it. And what Sam said was, I want to make Evil Dead meets Attack of the Helping Hand. And so I think that that's where this whole se- the whole sequence with the hand really came from. Before he actually does get the upper hand on the hand, um, the hand has a bad attitude. It gets trapped in a fucking <laughs> the, the mouse trap, And then Bruce is like, ha! Like he's very, very impressed. And then... And <laughs> The thing gets out and then it flips him off before he's like, Oh, you little motherfucker. And he it's, finally, this is this sequence. Bruce's very three stooges. You can just see the why I oughta. Yeah. And Cause he goes, he does that a lot. That <laughs> thing. Uh, but he finally, he uses his super hearing, which apparently he has now to, to locate him in the wall, the hand and he shoots it and little blood. And you know, he squeaks and he's like, I got you now, you little sucker. He calls him. And then we can't get away in these movies without Bruce getting a fucking puddle not not a puddle Puddle. what is this more like a goddamn ocean a gusher of fucking blood being sprayed in his face (laughs) three they they have three holes in the wall all just fucking pouring blood like a fire hose it's fantastic yeah that's good stuff i'm like you know what evil dead did that first before fucking Nightmare on Elm Street did it. Oh my God, now that I think about it, you know how there's that poster of the Hills Have Eyes in Evil Dead and they're kind of poking fun at Wes Craven going like, that's not real horror, this is real horror, ha ha ha. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the the blood gusher in Johnny Depp's room in Nightmare on Elm Street was his response <laughs> to that. 
Could be. Could be. Just Was there an Evil Dead that. poster on the wall of Johnny Depp's room? Oh, right fuck. I don't know. Because there might have well, been. She is watching Evil Dead. I have in the movie. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. It so probably was. Oh shit! They're just going at it. It that, probably awesome. was. That was West. West, <laughs> like, oh, okay. Here you go. How about this? That's fun. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Ash, uh, he's he's losing it. He just needs to. He just needs to sit down. And he tries. And he breaks the fucking chair. <laughs> And this is the scariest part of the fucking movie. There is nothing yeah. creepier than this. The deer head on the wall. Oh, yeah. Starts moving and laughing. And I'm just like, never mind all the other stuff that starts doing the same thing. That thing. We've officially reached the point at which Ash's mind uh-huh. is completely broken. Yeah, it's fucking weird. I don't like I like it because it's creepy, but I don't like it. If, it, if that was real. I'm, oh, it's nope. terrifying. Mm-hmm. That's that's one of the things I'm a little bit afraid of trying mushrooms because i want to try mushrooms (laughs) i've never tried them but i'm afraid like my horror lexicon is gonna conjure shit like that you better have a sober friend near you just well what they say is you should always do it with somebody who's done it before and you should do it outside not in a like in your house or something like that that seems more fucking depending on where you are i guess like if you're camping in the woods and you've never been there and you're fucking doing mushrooms you're you're freaking out you'll well because i i mean i think the idea is that like it it helps you connect with nature you know and like it's more of like a spiritual experience far out that's hippie shit (laughs) (laughs) didn't expect a loser's take all quote (laughs) that's exactly what it was good good job So all these appliances and appliances, these electronics and books and bookshelves and all the shit in the house is like laughing at them. Oh, yeah. The couch fucking everything. And then there's a lamp in there that's kind of like bobbing up and down. And then Ash has the gun in his hand. and He like starts doing the doing the bob with the thing. Yeah. He starts laughing along with everything. He starts bending and swaying (laughs) with the lamp. Interesting uh, factoid that I learned from the production uh, behind the scenes video. The couch cushions flopping up and down that was bobby joe oh was it yes she <laughs> she, just... she wanted to be more involved in the production oh, that's cool and so when they did that she said hey i'll get down behind the couch and move the couch cushions speaking of bobby joe as he's having his little breakdown with all this shit happening he hears a noise like at the door and fucking fires the shotgun right at it as he would no at hesitation at, yeah None. at this point ash is cracked uh he opens the door nothing is there apparently though so, so he he backs up and he's like well, he's pointing the gun at the thing but then you know cousin fucker comes barreling through and fucking knocks him on his ass takes him down to the ground and then the other dude holds him while while jake knocks him out and apparently he clipped bobby joe's wing with that oh no. shotgun blast still got the shitty attitude so it's fine she'll be fine <laughs> uh and so come- would you after taking buckshot to the shoulder my friend i'd be fine i'm tough <laughs> yeah tough as play-doh <laughs> so annie comes in and she sees the blood and the chainsaw and automatically assumes that that ash totally murdered her parents uh, it makes in, sense yeah in fairness my first <laughs> guess wouldn't be that ash had summoned evil incarnate from the forests and dark bowers of man's domain which in turn killed his killed her parents that's what i would assume the assumption would be that the bloody chainsaw was the blood of my folks uh yeah they decide that they're gonna throw him in the cellar i would too i totally get it unfortunately for ash like i said the deadites are dicks and have a really particular sense of humor yes and then bobby joe spits out a really cool line when they throw her down there when they throw him down there they do that upward shot and she says i hope you rot down there which Schaefer the dark lord actually says that in the song Bruce Campbell that he did with MC Lars and Whitey Cracker and Zealous One. So <laughs> throwing throwing a little nerdcore hip hop reference out there. Okay. I've never heard that song. I'll have to check it out. You should check it out. It's a pretty fun song. Interesting fact. When he goes down and lands neck first on the Ooh. stairs, 
that's one of the very few shots in the movie that Bruce Campbell used his stunt double. Oh, yeah, because he's like, I don't really want to break my neck. Or the insurance company is like, hey. Uh. I think he was probably like, you know, he's he's a professional stuntman. Let's let him take that potentially fatal fall. They all assume like, well, maybe the parent, maybe your parents never come because they never came because they looked in all the rooms and nobody was there. And she says, but this is my father's stuff. And then she turns on the recorder, which is right where Bruce left it. Yep. After the evil attacked him. And then we learn about how eventually his wife got possessed and she tried to kill him. Then he ended up throwing her in the cellar. And you could see Ash down there kind of hearing the whole thing. He's But like, he couldn't oh. bring himself to dismember her. But he That's couldn't bring himself key. to dismember her because, you know, as, as any Evil Dead fan will know, the only way to kill these things is through bodily dismemberment. Ash hears it. Of course, right then, out she pops. You're right. The fucking timing-based humor of the Deadites. Yep. And she's creepy looking. Ooh, this is this is one of the, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, Ted Raimi went through a lot of shit to play this character. Tennessee, Dead of Summer. Oh, God. And he is covered in probably 75 pounds of latex. Maybe more. That's a lot. And I, I, I did see that making of yeah, thing. Yeah, it's head yeah. to toe. He is completely covered. And he's wearing those contacts, so he's also blind for the whole thing. Apparently, every day when they would start taking... They, Ugh, when they took off the stuff, gross. they had to start at the feet because, like gallons of sweat would just start pouring out and it was milky because it was mixed with the powder they covered his body in <laughs> so it was all milky Ew. and there there is a scene later in the movie when he's when he's up on the truss and he's like he's like the witch is floating in the air holding on to uh, what what's her name again Annie Annie yeah holding on to Annie's hair <laughs> and he turns his head and looks at Ash and some of the milky liquid starts pouring from his ear oh oh that oh I thought you were gonna reference the butt flap hanging out hanging no out. no it's not that it's <laughs> it, it's some of the milky shit starts pouring oh. from his ear and it looks so fucking gross just a happy accident at that I've point I've told I've told you before oh, that man. that that like milky liquids <laughs> are especially gross to me for some reason that's fun yeah and that's one of them that's oh, did you, oh I got so fucking how did you out. watch this what did you watch this on i watched it on my blu-ray uh the one for okay. i think it's like the 30th anniversary one or something okay because i have an old dvd like oh, okay. I, I i turned it on and the first thing you see is widescreen or full screen <laughs> oh wow okay yeah so yeah it is old like it has all sorts of special features and all that shit sure. on it but that's what i'm watching it on so i didn't see any of this shit anyways okay so so ash is now banging on the door fucking yelling to be let out because henrietta someone's in my fruit cellar oh ah. oh, and, oh you know one of the things i i started talking about Ramy and and, oh, yeah. and the costume yep. and everything but the other thing is he was talking about like how he's glad he did it because he created an iconic monster and he did henrietta is a fucking terrifying monster she's scary and that voice yeah just that thing oh man henrietta is one of the great cinematic monsters like I would, I would put her down with maybe not as high as like some of the real icons, you know, like like Dracula and Frankenstein, you know, like like the highest of high icons, but definitely high middle tier. It's definitely one that gets overlooked because I never even think about it until I watch the movie and I'm like, oh fuck. The only <laughs> reason very... that's the case is because this is such a fringe movie, which is weird considering what he's gone on to direct. <laughs> I mean, I guess yeah. the same is like with uh, Lord of the Rings guy. Sam Raimi has an Academy Award nomination for directing. Yeah, uh, who's the Lord of the Rings guy? Same, same. Jackson. Guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Peter Jackson. Yeah, that's nuts that the director of Bad Taste, Dead, Brain Dead, and Meet the Feebles <laughs> is an Academy Award winning director. Winning, too. Yeah. Yeah. Ash is like backing up the stairs, and I 
Henrietta is like her her face is like right in his face and she's doing I I said she's doing some large marge shit with her head like morphing oh yeah (laughs) oh man and then that's just as because just as his like Jake's hands reach down and grab Ash by the head and pull him out of the cellar (laughs) (laughs) and you just know they were yanking that motherfucker up there because Sam's like pull harder (laughs) (laughs) Bruce Campbell's neck muscles must be amazing I guarantee, yeah, I guarantee Sam, uh, Bruce was pretty sore at the end of shooting this day. Oh, yeah. They get him out of the cellar and Henrietta's head pops up and they have to like fight to get her back back in there. And she's like being all creepy and weird looking. <laughs> that is a, that head, the Henrietta monster head, the, the morphed head is so fucking creepy. I love it. That's that's why you watch these movies, man, because it's fucking it's that like the first movie is a legit horror movie. This is like a horror spectacle. I, I believe it was Scott Spiegel described some one of the one of the production people. I can't remember exactly who. I think it was Scott Spiegel s- described this movie as a funhouse movie. In that one moment you're laughing and the next moment you're scared and then you're laughing <laughs> again and then you're scared again and that's what this is. That is Sam Raimi's specialty, man. He is the master. Of the Funhouse movie. Yeah, I, I think I actually made a Pee Wee's Playhouse reference in my notes somewhere. I don't yeah. know if I missed it or if, if it's somewhere later. But. Tim Burton is one of the few other people who can pull it off, but even Burton's not as good at it as Raimi is. But he made Pee Wee's Pee Wee movies. Yes. One and Pee Wee movie. And Pee Wee is Pee Wee's Big Adventure is a great Funhouse movie, but it's not it doesn't nail the tone as well as this movie does. Uh my favorite shot's coming, by the way. My favorite little moment here. When they're fighting Henrietta off, she throws, she's throwing people and fucking grabbing their heads. Her body's still down there, but her arms must be really long because she's a big monster. I um, mean, she's in full-on monster mode now. Yeah. Know, so. Henrietta grabs cousin fucker's face until Ash uh, closes the door. She he like he like closes the cellar door and then he jumps on her fucking head because her head's <laughs> trapped in the door and her eyeball pops out and Bobby Joe was like, oh, and then the fucking eyeball pops into her mouth. And when I say pop, it literally goes into her mouth. <laughs> and she fucking swallows it. It's fantastic. It's a good one. That's, oh, that's my God. favorite gag in the movie. I love it. It's so funny. I love it. It's so gross. Oh, God. It gives me the willies every time I see Bobby Joe swallow that eyeball. I'm like, ah. <laughs> It's more of that Sam Raimi reverse camera shit, and yep. it's all it, it gives it such a nice weird look doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, it does. It's got a it's got a great it's a great surrealism uh, effect. Like it it feels like you're watching this through a lens of madness. And then you know, <laughs> c- cousin fucker Jake gives Henrietta's face another kick, and then him and Ash are on the door like trying to fucking keep it closed while ash chains it up and then the forces outside fucking watching them oh no i wrote i don't know why i wrote that so they're just gonna sit and have a conversation for a second now ash throws a log on the fire and tells them something about tells them about something being out there that's right and henrietta is only part of it it lives in the woods that's another thing that he just kind of knows stuff well i mean i think the oversight there is they didn't give us as much information in professor Nobi's tape because yeah. he doesn't say in this version that it inhabits the forests and dark bowers of man's domain. He said that in the first Evil Dead, not in this Evil Dead. Yeah, so there, there's all sorts of like fan theories about like, oh, this is just an alternate universe. He, he just forgot that he fucking went there already and he made it out the first time, but he's back and shit. I don't think that's the case at all. Just um, the script wasn't gone over enough times. <laughs> I mean, it probably could have used it. Probably could have used a polish, and but it really, what really would have helped is if they could have just gotten the rights to that first Evil Dead movie. Yeah, God, I wonder what it would have been like then. It probably would have been a little bit more coherent in terms of maintaining the mythology over the course of 
multiple movies, yeah. Army of Darkness probably would have been a little bit different too. But then Army of Darkness was produced by, again, a completely different, it was re- produced by Universal. So there would probably have been a rights issue there as well. Henrietta from, from the cellar starts singing, and it's Henrietta again, as Henrietta In herself. Henrietta mode, yeah. Yes. She's singing to Annie, and Annie's getting all sucked in. She's singing a lullaby. Uh, she's about to let her out when Ash just like walks up behind her, grabs her arm, and just shakes his head. She buys into that really quick too annie just kind of does whatever anybody tells her to do doesn't she she's like that's my mom no no she's not my mom that's the thing that (laughs) frustrates me about this scene is ash tells her no and then the thing in the the henrietta starts saying how you know it starts telling her what her birthday was and how she remembers the circumstances of the birth and everything like that and then annie goes that thing in the basement is not my mother well what the fuck about what she just said made her made you suddenly convinced that it wasn't your mother we need a little bit of of bridging that gap there it's because the movie's only 87 minutes long and we need to get fucking rolling like how did you arrive at that you were ready to let her out just a minute ago then ed this is when ed starts flying and doing his dead by dawn speech the appearance of evil ed evil ed yes which those teeth are fucking horrifying ed is legitimately creepy the crazy thing about ed though is not just how scary he is but that he can also be funny like that's nuts he shouldn't be able to be that scary and funny does he start being funny there there comes a point when he bites off bobby joe's hair which is and then his face like contorts into a (laughs) expression that is clearly a completely different makeup set that they had to put on him for while he's eating the hair and like (laughs) hating it and that it's not necessarily funny the first time you see it but once you realize what happened it's kind of funny at least I think it is. So he bites off Bobby Joe's hair. I guess he does turn around, make that make that scowly face. Uh, <laughs> Jake then tries to go after him, but he gets gets his head shoved into a light bulb. That one makes me cringe every time I see it. J- just <laughs> like like ooh, because his head goes up and does smash the bulb, and then there is a jagged little spike that he that he stops on and drops back down. And all I can think is, oh. Fuck, even if it's breakaway glass, which I'm sure it was, that shit can still cut you. Like, it can. It's just less likely to. It's not impossible. And that jagged spike of it sticking straight out and supported by the socket that it's in. (laughs) I just picture it like jabbing down into his flesh. And then I love this because Ash just takes off. He's just gone. (laughs) And then Annie's like, get back here, you fucking pussy. (laughs) And then he comes back in and he's got the axe and you're like, oh, okay. Like, okay, he's not being a super huge bitch like he, like, like we thought. So he goes and chops up Evil Ed. No, he's saving that for Army of Darkness. Yeah, what a character shit. <laughs> um, yeah, so he, he chops up Evil Ed, uh, green blood flying everywhere. Still got it. They, they still tried to give it an X rating. It did still get the X rating. Apparently, the why the company is called Rosebud at the beginning, the production company, is because Dino De Laurentiis made it up because it's not, not a real company uh, because they wouldn't let him do an unrated movie. Yeah, they... His his actual production company didn't want to be associated with an X-rated movie. And they have to put... they. You'll notice they put that disclaimer at the beginning of the movie. It says, this movie contains intense images, which may be yep. too much for viewers under the age of 17. Why just under 17? My kids can handle it. They're 10. <laughs> 
whatever. Anyway, well, ki- let's be honest. Back in the eighties, they had no concept of how jaded kids would become in the twenty first oh, century. That's true. Yeah, no, uh, hostile wasn't a thing yet. Saw, saw, hostile. saw. Yeah, all the torture um, porn, and then like you know, like the European extremity movement. Some of that stuff is fucking bonkers and messed up. Martyrs is one of the weirdest fucking movies I've ever seen. That's so disturbing. I still haven't creepy. watched it. I got that umbrella special edition, um, but I still haven't watched it yet. Yeah. Do uh, it. Yeah. I got to watch that. <laughs> Jake looks out the window after this shit gets done being gone down. Hey, you want to <laughs> do a take two on that sentence? Uh, Jake looks out the window after all the shit's done. There we go. That better. He sees that the trail is not there anymore. Like you're right. The forest is just like growing around everything. And, and then the clock stops, literally stops just like in the jankiest shot yeah. of the entire movie. Well, it's so quiet. Thanks, Annie. That's what she says. It's so quiet. Fucking jinxing everybody. <laughs> Dumbass. It's so quiet. R- r- too quiet. Yeah, a little too raff. That's a reference to Ninja Turtles 2, which we will do later this year. But right when Annie says, it's so quiet in here, uh, shit just starts happening. I don't really know what, because the clock's spinning, filling with blood or some shit. I don't fucking even remember. Like, there's so much. This is the Pee-wee's Playhouse reference. Yeah, just shit starts happening. I don't remember what, like I said, because... Too much is happening. Yeah, I, I don't remember what happens during this sequence, which is the bane of my existence with this movie because I, I love this movie. I've watched it dozens of times, literally like multiple dozens of times at least. And because it's so completely bonkers, there are always segments that are a total surprise to me, even <laughs> though I've seen it dozens of times. Yeah, this, this all leads to some lightning happening in another room behind a door. And Annie is like, yeah, we're, I'm going to go in there. We're going to check it out. And Bruce is like, or Ash, I guess. Oh, that's right. This yeah. is this is the, it the, sounds like something trying to tear through from another dimension. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. It sounds happening all over the house. Like, it sounds like. That's right. That's like, right. The, like, there's sounds coming from these boards that sounds like the board is like bending and cracking, but the board's not moving at all. And, and it turns out. Yeah. It turns out that that's exactly what's happening thanks yeah. ash, ash thanks is like ash clairvoyant on this shit <laughs> they go into this room and of course bobby joe and jake are like no <laughs> <laughs> even though even though three seconds later they both they go break through the door and go see i told you nothing was in here then a giant floating head fucking appears out of nowhere and it's Noby and annie's like daddy and this is actually kind of scary i will i will admit this is kind of a good horror scene because he's like oh my god you gotta save my soul you gotta save your soul this is a very traditional gothic horror scene yeah it's a good one it is it works because like when he appears he's screaming and shit yeah it's it's creepy but then it you realize it's it's not a malevolent force it's a benevolent force but then he delivers that you know begging him to save his soul it really drives home the stakes that we've got going on here we have yeah real ones yeah like it's legit so bobby joe and jake are in there standing next to everybody while they're watching the head and bobby joe's like you're holding my hand too tight he's like i'm not holding your hand and you know we look down there's There's the hand the hand hand isn't dead oh god (laughs) and that's when she runs out into the woods and that's right yep and you know she clearly didn't see the first movie (laughs) and now the trees you go outside and the trees have faces speaking of lord of the rings you know that is something i always forget between viewings like from viewing to viewing i forget about the trees i don't forget you know i don't forget that the trees attack her i remember that but i forget that the trees are like anthropomorphic monsters in this one 
Because it's a major thing. Like, it's a major plot point that the trees yeah. come to life and start attacking the cabin. I always forget about that part. I do like that it's a little less disturbing this time. Yeah, I mean, the the trees don't, like, straight up rape her, which yeah. is a relief. They more, like, drag her away and we never fucking see her again. Yeah, I mean, they obviously kill her. Yeah, which is kind of weird. Actually, she doesn't come back as a deadite or anything. No, yeah, it's like the forest just ate her up. Oh, That's no, weird. you know what? She does come back on the face of the evil oh god what is with our all the movies we're doing having that shit in it oh yeah (laughs) yeah that's right there are a lot of like faces trapped in other things yeah that's one of the creepiest shots in the whole movie so ash and annie they're looking at the pages because that's what nobi said he's like it's the way to save my soul and your soul is in those pages back there the ones that she found when she was on her expedition and jake is like we're gonna go out and find bobby joe we're gonna go into the woods we're gonna do it and ash is like no she's fucked she's out there fuck no we need to focus on us in here so we can actually you know not die yeah and maybe you can you know i mean you can't save bobby joe's body but you could potentially save her soul this movie directly in influenced harry potter because there's a chosen one subplot (laughs) (laughs) yep direct line of reference this movie is the reason harry potter was the chosen yes yeah they're they're looking at these pages and there's this picture of a dude in a blue shirt and what looks like kind of a chainsaw on his hand or something (laughs) we know what it is but and, and there's like a bunch of people surrounding him like bowing or so I don't know what they're doing but you know and she says it's part of the prophecy and this guy came down from the sky and rid the world of evil and Ash is like you didn't do a very good job like because <laughs> it's, it's you you fucking idiot <laughs> so while they're checking out the pages Jake eventually gets his hands on the shotgun and points it at him and you know they're all he's like we're gonna go out into the woods we're gonna fucking like why can't you just go if it means that much to you I'll tell you why he wants to have somebody out front to <laughs> that's probably true to bear the brunt of the evil's attack yeah and he's like he's like oh these pages are that important to you he grabs them and throws them down into the cellar where he knows that that crazy bitch Henrietta is no Jake is in full on asshole mode like yeah. at this point I'm kind of rooting for him to get killed well, I even wrote down, they go into the woods like a bunch of assholes. At some point, I don't know what, I kind of I kind of lost the plot here at this point. I was, I think I was trying real hard to pay attention, but I couldn't. Because I know at some point, Ash gets knocked out and Jake is screaming for Bobby Joe. Ash's deadite well, Ash, version comes back. and Ash was trying to tell Jake, you know, hey, we need to get out of here. We need to get out of here. And Jake hits him in the gut with the shotgun and then knocks him in the face with the barrel of the shotgun. Yeah, yeah that's right. So right. Ash goes down. He's out cold. But then the evil comes and possesses Ash. And, and this is the weird thing is that, like I said, the evil clearly has a physical presence. But this time when it comes in, Jake doesn't see it. Right. It just gets to Ash, possesses him, but it comes right at Jake. But it passes him, goes into Ash, and then Ash attacks him and... uh throws him face first into a tree yes and and hard because that tree looks like a bomb went off inside it when his face hits it it's fantastic his his fucking skull would be caved but in. he's also fine because he doesn't die yet well you know what it, it is he's he's got that inbred like extra two layers of thickness on the skull that, that's mean man <laughs> As I'm, as I'm calling him cousin fucker. Yeah, seriously, don't get squirrely with it now. And then, you know, Ash chases Annie back into the cabin. Join us, he says. 
and he says he's standing outside the window or the door or whatever. Strangely, Annie doesn't take him up on his own. Yeah, that's weird, right? But she has the dagger. She grabs the dagger, the Kandarian dagger thing. Annie's like, I want, I just want a trial membership. And she's walking to the, she's walking through the house ready to stab some bitches. That's what I wrote down. <laughs> this Kandarian dagger looking way more badass in this version, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, it looks a lot better. And I wrote down, she does stab some bitches, some cousin fucking bitches, because <laughs> Jake comes through the door and she stabs him in the stomach. Because she doesn't, she thinks it's Ash coming through that door, but uh, nope. Cousin fucking bitches. I'm really funny, man. I'm so fucking funny. You're killing it over here. Then Ash uh, grabs her through the window, I think, and... <laughs> fat jake is blocking the door <laughs> and she keeps slamming the fucking door on him like like it's just, gonna cut him in half like get the fuck out of the <laughs> just one after another poor jake this is this is the moment at which i was fully prepared to kill jake earlier and now i'm like oh jake i'm so sorry well also jake it's your stomach use your fucking hands you asshole <laughs> Yeah, like... Adrenaline will move you right now. You're about to get eaten by a demon. Like, the knife is sticking him right where his hands are grabbing. Like, all you gotta do is grab and pull. I mean, admittedly, it probably would be pretty hard. Um, yeah, I know. That would hurt like a motherfucker. And I, I hear, obviously, I don't know from experience, but I hear that when you get stabbed in the abdomen, your abdominal muscles instinctively contract as hard as they can to try and protect themselves. And so it becomes really hard to pull the knife back out she does eventually move him out of the way though closes the door ash keeps slamming on it and she has a super annoying scream the funny thing is she was hired in part for her scream really yes. it's bad it's not good sam and bruce apparently loved her scream i'm sorry actress who plays annie but fuck <laughs> i don't have a problem with it i like it <laughs> I, also, I wrote she's also the worst at pulling sharp objects out of people <laughs> <laughs> okay that she is, yes. Can't even remember why. She but, makes it as painful oh, as possible when she's taking that thing out. Yeah, she's like, she's like, all right, here, let me get a hammer. Boom, boom. She <laughs> she hits it back in there deeper. She's like, oh, now I can pull it out. No, wait, I'm gonna roll over. Let's put you. On let your me stomach. wobble it a little. Let me wobble it. I gotta shake it loose. Let's twist it. It's like a screw, right? <laughs> Uh, then she's dragging Jake like all over this fucking cabin. For some reason, she decides to drop him right next to the cellar well, door. Well, Jake tells her to 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 get me out of here. Take take me in the other room. So she's trying to oblige what Jake said. Why is he? Oh, he's stupid, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Jake is. But she's smart. Why wouldn't she be like, oh, we're safe in here? Just well, I mean, there is just the door between them and Evil Ash, so you know. Like but if they it, go into that and room, that is a that is a fucking breakaway door if ever there was. There's one. also a door in that room. Maybe that one looks stronger. <laughs> I mean, that one has been boarded up, so it's probably more structurally well, stable. Yeah. But she lays him down so that his head is right next to the trap door to the basement. And gee, I wonder and, what uh, happens. Henrietta turns out, pops up, grabs him, pulls him in there, and she she tries to grab him, but nope, blood geyser and. <laughs> And you know what we get? A blood puddle. Blood puddle. Just, Speaking of which, um, the guy who played Jake said that that was the only that was the scene in which he almost died. <laughs> Why? He what said happened? he said Ted grabbed him and pulled him down, and then it was all done in one take. They had a hose coming up that poured like. 50 gallons sprayed like 50 gallons of fake blood over the course of about five seconds and 
He said, the problem is the hose wasn't positioned quite right. And so it hit the lid of the basement and he was hanging upside down, legs out. And suddenly 50 gallons of blood shoots right back down onto his face. (laughs) Getting waterboarded. And he's getting waterboarded (laughs) upside down in the basement by fake blood. Oh, rough. He was like, yeah, I almost drowned. That was really freaky. And they didn't even use that take. That was because all the blood didn't. It, the blood didn't spray out like it was supposed to. It just all went right back down. <laughs> and then Dead Eye Dash pops up behind her and grabs her and throws her into a wall. He's about to go finish the job when he finds Linda's necklace on the floor. It's this fucking MacGuffin necklace that doesn't have any real meaning in this movie because we don't see him give it to her. Or she just exists with it. Did you notice? And it hurts her boobs. Did you notice when he finds the necklace there that the chain of the necklace is laying in the pattern of a skull. I just noticed that really? on this viewing oh, for the man. first time. I've watched this movie minimum <laughs> 25 times. I remember seeing that the very first time I ever watched it. I'm like, oh, hey, look, is, is it supposed to look like that? It fills Ash with so much love that the demons just can't handle it. I don't know if that's true, but either way, it eventually sends the fucking deadites away, the, out of him at least. Yes, apparently the power of... of pure unrestrained love or possibly lust uh exercises the dead <laughs> i mean she's kind of she was kind of hot when she was alive so she was she was a good looking lady uh and he's busy crying or some shit and doesn't notice annie who is literally right in front of him because he threw he threw her up against the wall or some shit and she's literally in front of him he was walking towards her when he saw the necklace yes. and he's looking and he fell to her. his knees inches <laughs> yeah. away from her <laughs> and yeah she managed to get up and get the axe try to fucking cut his head off with it <laughs> she keeps swinging he's like it's me i'm fine she's like fuck you and You're homicidal not fine. hilarity ensues she's easily convinced about everything she takes a little bit more convincing on this one yeah I, he has to tell her twice instead well of no once. he he tells her like he fully stops her he stops her and he's like i'm fine and then he kind of Steps back, leans against the wall, and here she comes. Whack! Axe in the wall right next to his head. And then he has to, like, physically take the axe yeah. out of her hand. I guess so. I guess she took a little more convincing this time. Ash is really weirdly, he's heroic in, like, these spurts. Because they need the pages. They, they need to go down into the cellar to get the pages. So we get that cool shot of them looking over at the fucking cellar and going, let's go carve ourselves a witch. Yeah, we. I mean, we don't really get Cowardly Ash in this movie. Cowardly Ash appears in Army of Darkness. But we get Dumbass Ash who keeps on fucking losing fights until he finally doesn't. That, yes, that's <laughs> accurate. It's, it's just like just like split seconds because now we get, we also get the gear up scene, which is the fucking best. Yeah, the only issue I have with this gear up scene is that it's not fucking long enough. How much more could there have been? I don't know. Remember, this is only the second movie in the franchise. We, <laughs> if, if you want a really <laughs> bug nuts gear up scene, you got to go at least two more movies. That's, uh, this is where we get Iconic Ash got the chainsaw hand we got the sawed off shotgun and then he says Groovy. the first instance of him being that ash it never really comes back in this movie it's so fucking weird because it's such a different character than what we've seen the whole movie yeah but i mean in fairness it's it's pretty non-stop from like it's non-stop action from here to the end of the movie it's not like they ever really get a chance to breathe and so the fact that he he doesn't continue to make awesome quips it's not like you're going what's wrong you know like you're you're very involved in what's going on for the rest of the story so it's only once you've seen full-on 
Ash in Army of Darkness that you would come back and say, oh, yeah, he doesn't really do that here. Uh, growing up watching Army of Darkness and then going back to these, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Even in the when I watched the first movie, I'm like, where's this chainsaw hand? You got to remember, the journey <laughs> is meant to be taken from start to to finish not from finish to middle to i was start. like five when i fucking saw army of darkness i didn't know that there were other movies <laughs> this is lord of the rings because even the fucking trees walk in this movie so they open the cellar door well hey that's a donnie darko reference it's the most beautiful word on the planet or whatever the fuck drew barrymore says what are you talking about <laughs> Um, and Donnie Darko, Drew Barrymore is their English teacher. Or some yes, shit, I know, but what are you, what word? What the fuck? She she writes down cellar door on the chalkboard and says that some dude said that it was the most beautiful word in the history of language <laughs> oh or some my shit. God, okay, um, wow, <laughs> yo. You and your fucking deepest of the deep cuts. So yeah, Ash goes down there. That's a reference to no. <laughs> 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 And then Jake's skeleton, like, falls on him or, like, he bumps into it or some shit in the cellar. Yeah, it just does, like, a like a Jason deadfall drop onto him. I, it's It makes no sense. Uh, then he finds the pages. Now, this really doesn't make any sense. He finds the pages and then he just throws them up to her like they're just this brick. <laughs> I know. And they do the reverse <laughs> shot so she, like, catches them all as, like, one contiguous piece of paper yeah it doesn't make sense it's fine i'm along for the ride at this point i don't give a shit i'm just pointing it out it's so silly just as he's about to get out though he's walking up the stairs and he's kind of like looking backwards or something like he's he's looking down back into the cellar and henry and grabs his fucking ankles pulls him under the stairs like through a fucking stair through yeah. through a couple stairs <laughs> jesus well she pulls his feet out from under him he goes down she yanks on him pulls him through the stairs behind the stairs ash definitely spends a lot more time on un- he's like one of those young adult book characters that just spends half the book unconscious <laughs> i swear to god through the course of like those three maze runner books that main character gets knocked out like 20 different times <laughs> I haven't read them. I've I, only watched the movies. I always thought that was fucking so stupid. I'm like, Jesus, this kid's got fucking brain damage. <laughs> it's because that person, whoever wrote them, didn't know how to do a good transition for that. He's not a very stuff. good writer. Those books aren't very good. Yeah. <laughs> the first one's pretty cool, but I know from experience yeah. because when I when I was having trouble with things, my go to would be to have the character fall asleep. Henrietta blasts out of the fucking cellar, starts flying around with her butt flap hanging open, and she like grabs Annie by her hair because the you know the costume had been kind of used up at that point, and it's not the best, the, not the biggest budget in the world. No, it's specifically because when they when Ted was doing the first initial rise out of the cellar, oh, did he get like snagged on it or no, something? What happened is the guys lifting him underneath lifted him too far too fast and he and he tripped to his side and he went over the edge of the cellar and the ass ripped open whoops and they couldn't you know like it was like at that point he was like too soaked in sweat for him to reattach it but they couldn't (laughs) just stop for the day to have a three-hour makeup tear-off session and an eight-hour makeup reassembly session they could have just staple gunned it there's 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 enough padding in there it wouldn't have touched him just staple his ass cheeks together Oh, yeah. He starts, she starts fucking with Annie, grabbing her, floating her around. Ash climbs out of the cellar and it's fucking go time for, except he gets his ass kicked again real quick. She kind of beats him up a little bit. And then I wrote down, she hulks up because she does the thing where she shakes her arms and then she grows and turns into a giant monster, Henrietta. He takes his free hand, the one that doesn't have a chainsaw attached to it, and starts punching her. Like, you know, you have a thing, like, on your other hand that's 
probably going to work a little better than that. And then he just fucking dismembers her. Yeah, he just starts hacking her up with the chainsaw. It's fucking great. And it's, it's glorious the way the arms go off and just like spinning as but Annie they helps. fly But he gets an assist room. from Annie because she starts singing before like Henrietta's about to go de- you know, do the death blow on him. And then Henrietta starts, or Annie, sorry. Annie starts singing the lullaby that Henrietta was singing earlier. And it distracts her for <laughs> that key moment that Ash needs. It's like saying Michael Myers' name to him. You want a Boy Meets World reference real quick? Not really. Ash ends up cutting off her head. <laughs> and it lands kind of at his feet. And she's like, I'll swallow your soul. She's been saying that a bunch, by the way. I'll yeah. swallow your soul. Swallow your soul. And he gets a quippy line. He says, swallow this. And then he shoots her with a shotgun and her head fucking explodes. No blood, mind you. Just sparks. But then it made me it made me think of that episode of Boy Meets World with uh, where they were watching that horror movie called Stumpy's Revenge. <laughs> Groundhog Day Part Six. I'm bl- no, I'm blowing up. I'm blowing up your head. Part Six. Stumpy's revenge. Why did Stumpy just blow up her head? Well, that's a tough one, Cor. Stumpy's a pretty complex guy. I only know that because you have quoted it to me. Oh, that's that make, it. That makes me happy. Every, anytime I can make a Boy Meets World reference that's actually sort of relevant, I'm I'm super happy. <laughs> they think it's over. Annie and Ash hug over having just murdered her possessed mother. <laughs> yeah, she is. <laughs> She's awfully nonchalant about this. Well, she's, she hasn't started processing it yet. That's what it is. <laughs> then shit starts happening again. The fucking trees are attacking the house. Which, again, I, I always forget. It's like that Baba this. Yaga thing from that fucking Santa Claus movie. Uh, you know what it reminds <laughs> me of? It reminds me of Babes in Toyland. Because if I remember correctly, in Babes in Toyland, the, the trees come alive and are kind of creepy. All this scary shit is always scarier in kids' movies. It's one of those 60s <laughs> Disney movie things, you know? Like, it's an Annette Funicello movie movie and uh it's got it's got the guy who played you know the cowardly lion with you the guy who talks like this you know i know i know the thing it's very silly but then it also has these moments that are just kind of like unsettlingly creepy and that's one of the moments is when the forest gets anthropomorphic i can't remember almost anything about the movie but i remember that i watched it in grade school it's like every kid movie from that era it's like wizard of oz too that's a dopey happy fucking bright and shiny movie and there's like, something scary that yeah. Kind of, and it, yeah like in wizard of oz like it's the fucking monkeys return to oz's well that know, one yeah that's the 80s the 80s started being like you know what this stuff is just it's just just for kids it's fine i mean i guess in the 60s it was too but let's just let's just see how many children we can traumatize how many i know they weren't called millennials yet but how many millennials can we can we send to therapy with our fucking movies never ending story don't read that fucking book don't do it because in the book ortex talks yeah no i i don't think i have that in me i i don't want more detail in that story it's i've already got as much as i can handle it was rough uh i listened to the audiobook so i was like listening to it too and i'm like <laughs> mouth agape just the whole time going like, oh my god i can't i don't know if i can handle this yeah no that was whew. yeah that, i i want to show like my kids that movie much. but i don't know if i can i mean the, the thing is is you kind of gotta watch it when you're a kid though because yeah. if you watch it as an adult you don't get the emotional effect of it and if you watch it as a teenager for fuck, <laughs> like teenagers are just gonna be like this is Dumb. So one thing we forgot to mention is that it, it with these pages she has to read one passage to open up this portal to no no to make she needs to read one passage to make the evil flesh or whatever yes give it a physical it, form yeah. and then the second one is going to open up a portal which is going to banish the evil send it back they say I don't know what the fuck that means send it back where nobody knows to whatever dimension it crawled out of probably I guess that makes sense after I wrote that I'm like yeah she has to read the second passage so they can banish the evil okay a face pops through the door this is where my weird theory comes in because right before that face pops through the door you see the force go 
to the door. Is that face the fucking force? Well, that, I think it might that be trace, but is I'm not the sure. shape that the force takes once she read the passage. Okay, so technically, yes, it is the force. So it is, but it's clearly not the shape of the force before that, though, because it didn't take physical form until she read the passage. True. Okay, thank you. I, I, I needed that. I'm a very literal guy. I need help sometimes. I mean, the force is obviously a presence that he can see, but it didn't necessarily look like that. I'm not saying it didn't look like that. I'm saying it didn't necessarily look like that. Also, because when Ash sees it, he's terrified and his hair turns white. So it's like sort of a Lovecraftian <laughs> horror thing. Yeah. So clearly that's not what he saw when it was chasing him before. Okay, good, good point, good point. Also, apparently this head was too like unwieldy and unmanageable, so they just left it there and nobody knew where it was for several years, but apparently it's in a fucking haunted house in Tennessee. Really? Yeah. That's kind of awesome. That is awesome. I'm like, I'm so fucking glad they didn't like sue him and take it back or whatever. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Like that makes me want to go down to Tennessee and check out some haunted houses. I fucking hate Tennessee. I don't really want to go to Tennessee. Politically speaking, but you know, Dollywood's there and the the dude from Newfound Glory lives there. I, I would go to Dollywood. I would. Kid Rock's bar is there not gonna go to Kid Rock's bar. <laughs> but with the body's balls, boy. Uh, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. So she's able to finish the passage, despite having been stabbed in the back by Ash's severed fucking hand that just won't die. The portal opens up, and this is where the fucking faces pop out of this thing. Is, is there, Are they on the face? Yeah, they're like part of the head. She seems to die right before saying the last word, yeah. and then the faces are like, we've won! Victory is ours! And then one of them like springs out on a neck, you know? Oh, yeah, dude, it's so weird. Like a, like a fucking worm or something like that. <laughs> and then she utters the final word, and the thing gets sucked into the void. The deadites... Then after that, they all they all disappear. They get sucked into the portal, but but the portal's still open. How do you close it? Silver, apparently, if you're playing the game. But here, that <laughs> shit doesn't work. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I forgot about that. I don't think that's canon. I don't think Hail to the King is canon. It's not Hail to the King. It's Fistful oh, Boomstick. Oh, fuck. That's right. Fistful Hail to the King God is that piece of shit Resident God Evil wannabe. damn it. You're right. That I played for 20 minutes and gave up because it was too hard. That first puzzle is like a head scratcher. Yeah. And I don't want to cheat and look it up. I don't want to play it at all. It was bad. The controls are pretty bad. It was rough. <laughs> Tank controls. Yeah. But like done shittier than Resident Evil was. Mm-hmm. Ash gets sucked into this fucking portal. She's dead. He's getting sucked through the portal and he gets dropped right to the beginning of Army of Darkness. Sorta. Yeah, I mean... I don't really know how this this ends and then Army of Darkness begins the way it does. It's kind of weird. Army of Darkness begins with him on the, you know, being chained up yeah. with the other prisoners of war. And then it cuts back to show how he appeared and he appears in the flash of light that fall, he falls out of the sky well, no, that with part, the that part I get, Oldsmobile. But it doesn't show the part where he, like, shoots the, the deadite and everybody's, yeah, it like, doesn't worshiping show, it, him. It doesn't show that part. I mean, I think the idea is that that was, like, the truncated version to get us straight to the, him being the hero from the sky. Yeah. Whereas in Army of Darkness, they extended it more to where you realize later that he's the hero from the He sky. falls down, everybody's like, you fucking evil weird devil guy you're a oh they call him a deadite we're like the fuck's a deadite we didn't know what it was at the time there's a demon thing flying at him he stands up and he looks like a badass he shoots it and he's just like (laughs) see what i mean he's like heroic for a fraction of a second just long enough to make stuff happen and then he's like never mind i'm I'm, i don't like it well it's because (laughs) sam raimi shows up in full armor and is like he hath come to deliver us from the terrors of the deadites he speaks with a lift in that thing (laughs) 
And then Ash notices something about himself that he might be the savior of humanity now. And he doesn't want anything to do with it. <laughs> he's like, no, thank you. No, thank you, sir. Except he's a bitch. So he's like, no, no. <laughs> and then as everybody's cheering, the two fists come up and clang together like like two fucking like a hammer and anvil. And the end. What I would like to do is keep the tradition alive of reading bad reviews on all the Evil Dead movies. <laughs> okay. We're, we're running a little long, but that's fine. Who cares? Fuck it. Okay, um, let's read some bad reviews of the Evil Dead 2. there's several 1 out of 10s. I have a hard time understanding how someone could watch this movie and not think it was a blast. How does this get such a high rating? It was so stupid. This is possibly the dumbest film ever made. Don't waste your time. The first one was brilliant and legit freaky, but this one was more a comedy than a horror film. If you're expecting to be scared, don't bother. Okay, that that person sounds like an absolute delight to spend time with. That was from 2019, too. (sighs) (laughs) This one's from 2006. The the older ones are always, like, funnier. (laughs) Yes, find something from 1998. 1999. Okay, what do they have to say? Proud to go against the grain. (laughs) Okay, so this guy was a (laughs) proto-hipster. It's not every day that I'm able to go totally against the popular majority. I'm all for cheesy with a Z, B-movies, but this pushes the limits. I laugh the whole way through, not because of the horrible special effects, in quotes, or the wondrous acting, in quotes, but because (laughs) I couldn't believe I was spending three bucks to watch it. At one point, I actually saw the cup the blood was thrown out of. Cheap is one thing, but this is ridiculous. What? I have no idea. One out of ten, same but sillier. The first The Evil Dead was done in 1981. It was very much a low-budget scary film, and it looked like it was made in 1981. Why in 1987 does The Evil Dead 2 also look like it was made in 1981? (laughs) Did they film both of them at the same time and just wait to release a second? I don't know, and I don't care. I got through 19 minutes before I cut it off. I only made it through 19 minutes because I paid for it. Had it been free, I don't think I would have made it five minutes through this movie. Nothing's even happened at five minutes. I didn't like the first one. I didn't like the first one, and this one is pretty much along the same lines with bad special effects and a terrible plot. I thought part two would be better because of advances in cinematography, (laughs) better special effects, possibly a bigger budget. Nope, it was more of the same, if not sillier. That was from 2019. Like, how do you not know at that point? Yeah, you know, some people you just can't reach. Okay, this one is from March 24th, 2023. Okay. All right. So, uh so less than a week ago? Oh man, I may be in the minority here. Yes, you are. And that's okay, but this movie pales in comparison to the original. It seems like the director was trying to make a low-budget B-horror movie, but instead they ended up with something that can't even be compared to the first movie, The Original Evil Dead in quotes, I hate when they do that, was excellent, but this one cannot live up to it. Rather than delivering on both the funny and scary aspects, this movie fails at both. If you haven't seen the original, this might be entertaining, but I still wouldn't recommend it. This movie is the epitome of a setup, in quotes, movie. Connecting the story from Evil Dead, in quotes again, to Army of Darkness, in quotes, but it does so in an unsatisfying way. Don't waste your time. Rent and watch the first one but leave this one alone. If it hadn't ended the way that it ended there, I was going to postulate that this guy thinks the 2013 Evil Dead was the original Evil Dead. <laughs> yeah, I was because he called it Evil Dead and not the Evil Dead. Yeah. Like, this guy thinks that's the original Evil Dead. And then he watched Evil Dead 2 and is like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> okay, if that was actually the case, I could see them going like, um... 
How did this one was so good and that one's so shitty? What the fuck happened? <laughs> this thing looks like it was made in the 80s. What's going on? It's another it's another instance of a lot of people not really understanding. And I hate that. I didn't like the first one thing. Well, then why did you think the second one was yeah. going to be any different? I understand the people who are like, I loved the first one. I didn't like this. I mean, I don't understand, but at least I can be like, okay, well. It makes more sense. All right. Yeah, it is a big tonal shift. I'll mm-hmm. give them that. You know, so if, if you were like all in on the first one and then this one just disappointed you because it, they went humorous. OK, I I get that perspective. I don't agree with it, but I get it. But people who, yeah, if you hated the first one, why did you even try the second one? The first Evil Dead was a good film, but this one, they ruined it with the slapstick, unfunny humor. Not scary, not funny, pointless gimmicks, a truly low IQ effort. This is their words, not mine. Sam Raimi is a retarded child. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, I mean, if that's your perspective, I guess I can I can still understand that better than the people who hated the first one and then doubled down on the second one. I know. Like, if you hated the first one and then you put in the second one, that's on you. Okay, I don't know. (laughs) You you know, I went to the theater. I went to the theater on opening day and watched The Phantom Menace. You know what I I didn't do? Go to the theater on opening day and watch Attack of the Clones. Why? Why ever would you not do that? Because Um, when a movie's a piece of shit, I don't line up for the sequel after that. In retrospect, uh, The Phantom Menace isn't that bad. Attack of the Clones is, though. Oh, I disagree. I think The Phantom Menace is still pretty bad. I'm not saying... I didn't didn't say not bad. I said not that bad. Okay, maybe it's not as bad as those of us who just felt utterly betrayed by it remember because of the betrayal aspect. Oh, I didn't give a shit. I was 10. No, I was 12 when the movie came out in 99. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was an adult. And uh, I had a deep and lifelong love of the Star Wars franchise. So, hey, we read some bad reviews. That was fun for me. People suck. <laughs> uh, so. It's it's fine. You know, like some some things you're just not going to get. There are things I don't get that other people love. Oh, I, I love bad reviews and I love hearing people's opinions that are that low. I'm like, you can't even like, I don't really understand <laughs> some of them. I don't know. I have a really hard time understanding how people aren't able to enjoy something like this because it is such a, a joyous thing. Well, it's, and they're like, it's stupid and, and it's slapsticky. I'm like, yeah, it's literally what he was going for. All like all I can think of is is like some super, super edge lordy teenager who just thinks everything has to be dark and unrelenting and and miserable because that's how life is. It's cruel all right go watch the conjuring or something you know like yeah that's that's the perspective it takes to not be able to enjoy this movie in my head in my head now i i fully recognize that's the limitations of my ability to fathom what's in other people's minds you know but that's all i can think when i when i hear somebody who who can't enjoy a little humor in their horror i understand that it's obviously not going to be for everybody but if it is for you if you can even handle humor in your horror, it doesn't get better than this. It doesn't. I I was like sitting at home trying to go through a list of movies that I think could be comparable to this. And I really don't think anything touches it. I don't. In terms of being both horror and comedy effectively, Shaun of the Dead is probably the closest. But even that I don't feel is on the level of this. Uh, si- since we're doing this episode entirely for my son, who was unable to join me, and in his honor, 
I will say it is his favorite movie, not favorite horror movie, favorite movie, just favorite movie in general. Right on. I'm okay with that. It's fantastic. It's, it's in, it's in my top five movies. I would say I'm actually kind of excited that maybe my top 10 we're through the original trilogy of evil dead movies. So when we revisit evil dead again, it's going to be the remake probably or the new one, one or the other. And I am fucking psyched because I fucking love the evil dead remake. It's yeah. It's one of the, it's one of the best, of the remakes. Yeah. Uh, they, they did almost everything right there. And the people who don't like that one also don't get it. Yeah. There's like two, <laughs> there's like two moments in that movie that I didn't care for. And that's it. Aside from that, it's, it's pretty much flawless. Yeah. That movie, that movie's really cool. We'll, we'll come back to that. But yeah, right now, evil dead Two. just watch it. Show your grandma, show your mom. It doesn't fucking matter. Who cares? Just make them all watch it and be like, mom, look, that eyeball goes into your, goes into her mouth. Like dad's wiener goes into yours. Oh boy. <laughs> um, with that being said, uh, that, that that kind of delightful humor can be found on our social media, except it can't because we're lazy and we don't post jokes like we should. We should probably post jokes. But, but it don't. can be found on our Patreon. Well, that, oh yeah, it can be found on our Patreon. But first, social media, follow us on everything at the Shark Bob. But back to the Patreon and more dick jokes. I insulted everybody for an entire year. Uh, well, actually, two I, entire years, I insult everybody me. all the time on Patreon. So if you want me to insult you, you can come give us some money. And you, while... You know, also listening to us review movies like the Friday the 13th franchise and some Asylum mockbuster films. And the, oh, that's really uh, generous calling them films. <laughs> and then uh, the Arrow Video Shawscope box set is what we're tackling this year. Come give us a dollar or 20000 or whatever and come listen to us talk about that at patreon.com slash Sharks Across Hollywood. And remember... The insults cut deeper when you're paying for them. So if you're like a masochist or something. That's where you need to be. Don't worry. I have a boner the whole time. I'm like talking shit. So we both do. All right. We're done. We're going to leave you now. (laughs) June, July, August. Oh, my fucking God. Do you know what we're doing next time? No fucking clue. SLC Punk. Oh, shit. One of my fucking all-time favorite movies ever. I'm very excited about this one. I am psyched. So everybody everybody go buy fucking SLC Punk on digital or that fucking giant box set thing that they just released that happens to have SLC Punk in it. Just go buy it. That is what I was about to say is I got to get that fucker because... Might want it. I, I really want SLC Punk in 4K. Uh, yeah. So we'll we'll be doing SLC Punk next time. Yeah. Don't have anything else to say besides that. So until then, stay jawsome.